It's the Locked On Aggies Podcast, presented by Locked On Podcast Network, talking all things Texas A&M. Now, here's your host, Cole Thompson. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat, talking all things Texas A&M. And today, we are going to be looking at the names of players from A&M who heard theirs called by the commissioner this past weekend in the 2020 NFL Draft and how they fit in their new homes. Before we begin, make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. My name is Cole Thompson. I am a mister, the host of the show. I love personal feedback. Anything you guys can give me that's positive, negative, in any type of situation, I always find to be interesting. I'm very much down to listen to whatever you have to say, so at Mr. Cole Thompson. And secondly, Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things 12th Man Sports Related part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's really simple, at Locked On Aggies. Give us a follow. We tweet out our information, and we love to share content surrounding the show. So go ahead and follow us at Locked On Aggies and at Mr. Cole Thompson. Six A&M players were expected to try to make it to the next level, and unfortunately, only two heard their names called, but five are now on NFL rosters. As Justin Matabike, Braden Mann, Courtney Davis, Kendrick Rogers, and Debney Renfro will have a shot to make the final 53-man rosters when the season starts back up. And naturally, without a doubt, Matibike was the big-time player. A lot of people thought of him as one of the better pass-rushing specialists in the trenches up the middle. A lot of people thought he could play both a 5 technique as a 3-4 defensive end. If you had to book him inside, you could play... A very sound three technique for a 4-3 base defense. And everything that he did this past year at AM kind of really solidified his stock on why he was going to be a big-time commodity to wherever he landed. And he honestly could not have gone to a better situation for his long-term goals when the 77th selection came around and Eric DaCosta of the Baltimore Ravens picked up the phone and ended the drop for what people thought could be a fringe first-round player. And he was selected by the Baltimore Ravens. This is a fit that when you look at on paper, is automatically just fantastic. He will play probably that 5 technique in the 3-4 system. He's going to add some type of pass rush. And a lot of people are like, well, why would he be considered a pass rusher on the defensive line, but he wouldn't be playing an outside linebacker? Well, during his time at Texas A&M this past year, he led the team in total quarterback pressures with 13, sacks 5.5, tackles for losses 11.5, and he also added a bull rushing technique that allowed him to become a monster in the trenches. Everything you see about Matabike is what fits him very well. He will be able to play both a three technique if you want to book him inside. What that means is he'll play on the shoulder of the guard and the tackle. If you want to play a five technique, he'll be on the outside, probably going up against that left tackle position. And when you look at who's already there, he doesn't have to be someone who comes immediately in and makes a name for himself. The team traded for Calais Campbell from the Jacksonville Jaguars and also signed Derek Wolf this past offseason. 
They also have Jihad Ward back from their 2019 roster. And Dalen Mack, another former Aggie, will also be in the building to kind of help him grow. No matter what, this is a very strong move, I think, by DaCosta when you're looking at getting athletic players who can kind of do it all. And that's something that I've noticed about Baltimore's draft in general. You look at all the players that were there. Uh, they, they selected Patrick Queen in the first round with the 28th overall selection. That's a fantastic fit for their middle linebacker needs. And they got him a very powerful running mate for him to be the cover guy and Malik Harrison out of Ohio State to be the thumper. You don't have to worry about Queen being that thumper back. You can worry about him playing in coverage, which is an excellent addition. You have Malik Harrison, who is that plug-and-play, ground-and-pound, up-the-middle, can-blitz, can-common, nice-packages style of play. I think it'll be an excellent addition right there with Queen. And then in the second round, they were able to go get J.K. Dobbins out of Ohio State. This is the more multi-tooled running backs in the draft class. So when you look at that, Lamar Jackson's going to have another weapon to throw to out of the backfield. Mark Ingram has a solidified number two runner to go alongside him when they've been using guys like Justice Hill, Gus Edwards, a couple of other names who probably are not going to make that big of an impact. I think this is where they do with Dobbins. And then you have Metabike, another athletic style player who just does his job, and even though he's only going to come in at 293 pounds, can be a quality player on the defensive line. And in a 3-4 system, he's going to be playing on the outside more, so he's not going to get locked in the middle going against larger offensive linemen, such as guards and centers. He's going to be going up against taller offensive linemen, such as tackles, but he will be able to make an impact coming off the edge. Uh, This is something that Coach Harbaugh said about him earlier this week. He's an explosive guy, really quick, twitchy-headed-handed guy. He can leverage blocks. He can unload. He does it both in the pass game and in the run game. He got to the quarterback a lot. He's had sacks, tons of pressures, and quarterback hits. You just look at what they're doing in Baltimore, and I love it. This will be a time where I think Matabike not only goes to a legitimate contender for a playoff spot every year, But this is a Super Bowl contender. Last season, they did fantastic work with one of the best secondaries in the league. They needed to add some help in the front seven. I think they did that with with three of their selections in Brodrick Washington, Patrick Queen, Malik Harrison, and of course, Matabike. So you add all that together, this is a very good fit for him as a rotational player. He doesn't have to come in and make a ton of starts. He doesn't have to come in and be an immediate contributor. This is just a player who will be a part of a system that really works. And the way John Harbaugh coaches, this is a perfect fit for him. He goes to a culture that knows how to win number one, is no-nonsense, tough-as-nails city, perfect fit that way. I personally would have loved to have seen him go to Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh really need to address their addition of the nose tackle. If you were to put maybe 10 more pounds on him, make him about 303, 305, he would have been an excellent nose tackle replacement for Javon Hargrave. But Baltimore is not a bad location for him. You play him in the right scheme. You have him be a rotational kind of guy. Have him make an impact on pressures, especially in a division that now has Joe Mixon, James Conner, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb as the four-star running backs. 
this is going to be fun to watch how Matty BK is able to stop the run and add pressure to a backfield that includes now number one pick Joe Burrow, Ben Roethlisberger, who's getting up there in age, and of course, former number one overall pick Baker Mayfield. Matty BK was the first to hear his name called, but one more player did get to hear their name scream across the boards, and we're going to be breaking down how he fits up in the Big Apple in just a quick moment. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, we know that quarantine has been a tough situation for everyone, but while you have time, you love to listen to sports shows. So why not go ahead and listen to your next favorite Locked On Podcast show? With over two dozen college sporting events, plus every team covered in the NHL, NFL, MLB, NBA, and all news to help you with fantasy sports when the time comes around, why not go ahead and start listening to a Locked On podcast today? It's really simple. Go to iTunes, go to Spotify, or go to LockedOnPodcast.com and start listening to your favorite Locked On show right now. They say punters aren't people and special teamers shouldn't be selected, but guess what? The New York Jets decided to not listen to the status quo and selected Texas A&M punter Braden Mann with the six-round pick. This is an immediate upgrade for the Jets, who definitely will go into this offseason probably feeling a little bit better about themselves. You look at some of the free agent signings they've made in the past couple years, C.J. Mosley, Le'Veon Bell... They were able to go address some needs for the offense as well. They get a true number one receiver in Denzel Mims in the second round after trading back as well, which was, I think, a very good fit for them. They also got Makai Becton to play the left tackle franchise position for the next five years. If he hits, this is a large specimen human being. Over six foot seven, over 310 pounds, runs a 540. That means you can move. Dear God, that man can move. But also, you have to realize, special teams do matter when it comes to playing football. They're not as big as a need as a lot of people will tend to make them out to be. But if you really want to get your offense going in the right direction, or you really need your defense to pin a team back and be able to start a series where you have a shot to make the opponent go three and out, punting is just as important, I think, as kicking. Because you want to get that thing down inside the 10 without bouncing in for a touchback and have that team start near their own end zone to put pressure on that quarterback to get the ball out of there. So again, punting, it's not a huge deal, but it definitely is a deal that you have to make and man fills a massive need for the team. Uh, the Jets did not re-sign Lakin Edwards this past offseason who apparently uh, didn't punt for distance and uh, had a lot of trouble when he would do kickoffs because he also does a lot of kickoffs. He averaged 45.9 yards per punt on a gross basis and 41.6 yards per net punt in 2019. That ranked him about 18th in the NFL. Definitely not something you really want. He had one punt over 63 yards, uh, but when you look at how he kicked, he only averaged 32.3. 2% of the time, which was 33rd in the league out of 33 punters. He was actually the worst when it came to pinning the ball back. Instead, Mann now will come in and has the opportunity to possibly be the next great AM punter, not named Shane Leckler. When everyone talks about Shane Leckler, he's on the NFL 100 list. He had a heck of a career with Oakland and then with Houston and several other teams. 
Man's probably the next greatest punter. There's been a few that's come through. Justin Vogel comes to mind. A few other ones here and there. Special teams is a very big out in college station. But I do think that Leckler will now have a shot to say, wow, I'm not only just the greatest punter in history. There's another kid from college station who's going to compare it to me. Uh, in 2018, a man shattered the NCAA record books as he set the single-game punt average for 50 yards. He averaged 51 yards per punt that season, had 28 punts of 50 yards or more, and at Alabama, he recorded the longest punt of the season in NCAA, 60.8 yards, breaking the old record set at 60.4. Uh, this past year, he ranked fourth nationally in punting, and uh, posted for the second straight season an average of over 47 yards per kick. He reportedly had worked on his leg and his timing, mostly his hang time for the ball to be able to stay up a little bit longer, giving his offense uh, or special teamers, gunners, down time to be able to work downfield and make an impact immediately for his squad. For his final season, Mann had 28 punts of 50 yards or more. For his career, 54.3% of his punts were over 50 yards, in contrast to Edwards, who only had an average of 46. This is something else that you have to realize will play a major factor in the man selection being this early. He had multiple, multiple years where he was pinned back inside the 20-yard line. Last season alone, Mann had 26 kicks down inside the 20 and 19 of them were recorded inside of the 15. So you're even going deeper than the 20. Basically, with the 20, if you're before the 20, it's like a touchback. If you're after the 20, you can kind of have some say with it. And then if you're at the 15, what you're saying is, if that ball sits perfectly, it'll roll just enough before it goes into the end zone. So man had himself set up to where that ball would hit inside the 15, 19 of the 20 times last year. He recorded four tackles as well and forced a fumble in coverage. During his time, he had 45 of 107 punts inside the 20. So his average for his career, and that was back-to-back years, was 42.1%, which had him ranked 13th in the NFL last season if he was to go ahead and be a member of the team during the 2019 year. Sam Martin from Detroit was actually rumored to be a solution for the Jets' punting game. He signed a three-year deal to return to the Motor City, which now put punting a massive need for the team. And when you have someone like Mann, who is a Ray Guy Award winner, broken the NCAA record, has been a consistent target, and probably the most important Aggie over the past two years available if you let him fall he's not going to be available to you probably when it comes to free agency Houston probably would have called I think Buffalo definitely would have given him a phone call so you have to justifiably make the pick this is a justifiable pick in my personal opinion because of now the team will be able to cut ties with Ian Berryman who they signed to a reserve futures contract and now you have a guy who if healthy and consistent, will be one of the better punters in the game. I think no matter what, the Jets' defense, which finished in the bottom five last year, will need as many breaks as possible to be able to improve. Granted, they will be getting back some star players such as C.J. Mosley, who missed a majority of last year, 
but they still have a ton of holes on both sides of the ball. So I do think that when you bring back him and Avery Williamson and what they're able to do in the middle, this will make better play up in the Big Apple. But also, this is still a defense that has a ton of holes, especially in the secondary at cornerback. I don't think they really addressed that need in the draft at all. So again, if you could find a way to get a break by having man boom punts and put the team down at the 7, the 6, the 8, the 4, the 1 yard line on a consistent level, this helps your defense and this helps you get 3 and out. And now you're able to see if Becton and Mims can help with the production of Sam Darnold in year 3. I think this was a win-win for all, and this is a very good selection by the Jets who needed to go out and make a splash with the AFC East starting to become a little more wide open. Three more Aggies heard their names mentioned this past weekend, but they didn't hear them called. So, where did they go as undrafted free agents? We'll be breaking down those locations and how they fit in just a quick moment. Hey guys, let me get your opinion on something. Do you enjoy thinking about dinner while you're still eating lunch? If so, you probably love food just like I do. And that's why I love using Postmates. But I kind of love them even more right now because I can get food delivered without leaving the comfort of my own home or even opening the door. Given what's going on in the world, they use non-contact deliveries. So now when I order from my favorite local restaurants, everything gets left right outside my door. They also have Postmate pickups, which I have been using to order takeout for my favorite restaurants. So listen up. You guys need to be supporting your neighborhood spots right now. I've only been ordering local because it's a great way to support my favorite community. And Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi. They actually make life easier by picking up everything I need from Walgreens to 7-Eleven and dropping it up right outside my door. Just download Postmates on iOS or Androids, find your favorite restaurants, and get anything you want delivered within an hour. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use code LOCKEDON. That's code LOCKEDON for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anything you want, anything you're in the mood for, Postmate it. And enjoy staying safe during this difficult time. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked On Aggies for all your up-to-date information surrounding the maroon and white. Three more Aggies also will make their mark in the NFL, hopefully making it to the final 53-man roster. Fortunately, this is just the business that we all know, and it's not always the prettiest way. But undrafted free agency does come into fruition a lot, and it does allow chances for players to either make or break their contracts. And at the same time, it kind of gives them that extra fuel and fire they need to have in order to boost up their stock. Because if they're going to be probably first one in, first one out kind of mentality if you aren't doing well with the roster. So someone like Kendrick Rogers, who this past year had a very down year after what was expected to be a breakout season and as high as possibly the number one wide receiver in the SEC, he has to make up for it when it comes to camp this past year. He finished his final season in A&M with 30 receptions for 351 yards and two touchdowns, uh, but he also had a very good 40 time, which allowed him to kind of boost his stock back up. 
and start garnering that seventh round selection with a four-five-two up in uh, up in Indianapolis. So unfortunately, everything adds up. The injury problems, the concerns about you know his liability led to him to go be undrafted, but now he will have a shot to become the bigger framed wide receiver as the threatening power receiver up in the Lone Star State, signing a deal with the Dallas Cowboys. Now, when you look at what Dallas did this draft, I love it. This was one of my favorite draft classes that they've made in a very long time, mainly because of just the value of every pick. While they were able to add another receiver in C.D. Lamb, that's just a home run style of play because of even though you do have Michael Gallup and you do have um, Amari Cooper, you still need that extra receiver. Gallup can probably move inside. You have Lamb now be on your outside or you have Cooper on your inside with Lamb taking over Cooper's old spot. And now you have three receivers that would have finished their final season of 2019 with over 1,000 yards. That is very impressive. I also very much like the Trayvon Diggs pick. A lot of people thought that he was going to be a first-rounder and a name to watch for in Dallas at pick 17. Instead, they get him at pick 55. And Neville Gallimore out of Oklahoma, another great addition to a defensive line that while isn't going to need him to play immediately right now because you have Gerald McCoy and Dontari Poe, this is a long-term solution to their draft. They also added Tyler Beattis out of Wisconsin. He'll be in the running to take over for Travis Frederick. The former Badger himself retired this past offseason with a neck injury. Overall, I think when you look at what Rodgers fits here, it's that wide receiver four or five role. You know Cooper's going to be your main guy. You also know that Gallup has improved immensely as kind of your flanker, and now you have your speedy guy with CeeDee Lamb. You need your bigger framed receiver who's going to be a target in the red zone. So for Dak Prescott, having a guy like Rodgers, three, comes in 4-5, 40-time, a lot larger and plays a lot bigger than what probably he showed this past season, that adds another red zone threat. He's going to have to make a name for himself on special teams. He's going to have to probably earn his rights to be considered a potentially starting caliber receiver or even just a quality number four receiver. But I do think that Dallas needed a bigger receiver to go pair along with Cooper, Gallup, and Lamb. This is your guy. I think that Lamb will be an excellent addition, but I think Rodgers as well could find himself in a very good spot because of where he landed. Another name to watch out for, Courtney Davis. This was one pick that I actually asked a lot of people how they felt about Courtney not going undrafted. And a lot of them were like very shocked because they thought that this would be a guy who maybe wasn't a you know day two selection, but definitely would have been in the running for day three. And instead, he goes undrafted. He signs now a two-year deal with the Minnesota Vikings worth up to $100,000 per offseason, according to his agent. And according to Footwork King, uh, Cassius Marsh, very good job with him. I very much like the fit there as well. The Vikings haven't had that number three receiver for a very long time. They've gone from Stefan Diggs to Adam Thielen, uh, and then they went Laquan Treadwell a couple years ago in their first round. And Treadwell never panned out. I think he had a total of 19 catches in four years with the team, scored one touchdown. That was the number 23 overall selection. 
and he just never was able to get his footing, never was able to become that big-time player. Adam Thielen actually kind of came in around this exact same time, and Thielen is now considered a top 15 receiver after going to Minnesota State and possibly leaving the game of football completely to become a dental assistant or a dental uh, dental uh, supply salesman, and instead now is a top 15 receiver. I think Davis doesn't fit that mold, but what I do think is you now have him who is a kind of chess piece. He's played on the outside. He's played in the slot. He's played all around. Adam Thielen is their main slot target. Justin Jefferson finished number two in the nation this past year with receptions with 111 in an offense that was just unstoppable coming from LSU. He's going to have to take some time getting used to playing Stefan Diggs' old role. But I do think that a guy like Davis, who has 4-5 or five speed, not the fastest guy, but very good hands and is a very clean route runner, all of those added together make him one of the bigger-named free agents, in my personal opinion, Minnesota and a lot of offenses need to find a way to have three receiver sets. And when you look at what they did, they added in Jefferson, they have Thielen, and they still need that one other guy because Irv Smith Jr. will eventually take over for Kyle Rudolph's old role, but they need someone to pair on the outside. I think that even though it's going to be a very hard, long stretch and Davis is going to have to have a chip on his shoulder kind of thing, he fits very well up in the land of 10,000 lakes. This is be a this is one of those few picks where I think actually he has a better shot of making the roster now and kind of choosing where he wanted to go and this will help him out very much so in the future. Finally, Debony Renfro, cornerback, kind of spent some time in Jimbo Fisher's doghouse this past year. Never really became a big time name. I remember watching him and going, you know what, this is a guy who definitely without a pro day, without any of those measurables that we could see up in person, he's going to suffer at the combine this year and he's going to suffer on draft day. And he did. He'll sign a one-year free agent addition to join the Seattle Seahawks as part of their 90-man roster. I like the fit because of Pete Carroll loves to run a lot of nickel dime formations. And I do think that he is going to have to actually move to safety to be able to make it in the NFL. And with them running a lot of dime formations, he'll have a shot to be that third safety kind of roaming around the area. So he went to a very good location. The problem is, is that if you aren't able to get in there because of what's going on in the world and you're not able to be a part of the culture and you're not able to really take in everything that's going on to learn a defense. You can learn it on paper, but you have to, I guess, get to know the players and help you actually understand from people who have been playing in that system. That hurts. And if the only time that they can show up is at the start of free uh, start of spring summer camp, or I guess it would be, you know, preseason football, you're in a problem. You're in a very big problem because if you're not going to be able to learn that offense as fast as you want, you're not going to be able to pick up the defensive cues as quickly as you need to. And this could ultimately lead to him possibly being an early uh, cut, roster cut, when they go from 90 to 75 before they go down to the final 53. Still, it's a very good fit, and I do think that Seattle needed to address their secondary position 
They added a few players in the draft, but I definitely think they could have done some more. This is a very nice selection for them. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. Tomorrow, how many of these A&M players could have come back to school and possibly boosted their draft stock? We're going to be breaking down which players made the right call to go to the NFL and which players probably should have spent one more season in College Station. We will see you tomorrow, but make sure until then you listen to one of our other great Locked On shows, including Locked On Big 12, Locked On SEC, Locked On ACC, Locked On Pac-12, and last but not least, Locked On Big 10. We will see you tomorrow, and remember, giggum y'all, this has been Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network.